Hey everybody, it's JT. What is on your holiday meal shopping list? Well, I would suggest Painted Hills Natural Beef. It is some of the best beef in the world. And your friends and family will be thanking you for a long time if you serve Painted Hills Natural Beef for your holiday meals. And now you can buy it online just by going to PaintedHillsBeef.com. Use the code BBQNATION at checkout and save yourself 15% on your order. Give Painted Hills Natural Beef a place on your table this holiday season. It's time for Barbecue Nation with JT. So fire up your grill, light the charcoal, and get your smoker cooking. Now, from the Turn It, Don't Burn It studios in Portland, here's JT. Hey everybody, welcome to the nation, that's Barbecue Nation, I'm JT along with Camaro Dave and Commander Chris coming to you from our world famous Turn It, Don't Burn It studios here in Portland and you're listening to us today on the Sun BGI radio network. We'd like to thank the folks at Painted Hills Natural Beef, great beef, uh, that's all I can really say about it, I said a lot over the years, <clears throat> excuse me, and the frog in my throat there, uh, but it's beef the way nature intended and also Gunter Wilhelm Knives. Great knives for a ridiculously great price. You can check them out online at GunterWilhelm.com. Okay, so it's summertime. It's time to barbecue. Of course, that's what we talk about 99% of the time on this show. But it's also time to be selective in your sauces. And some sauces that you can cross over, not just use on barbecue, but use on uh, other meals that you're cooking or other dishes or what have you. So... Uh, through a long process, I'll put it that way, we finally were able to get Bree Blackford on the phone. On the phone, she's on the phone, but she's also on the show. She's the co-founder of Elda's Kitchen, and we're going to get the backstory on that too. So, first of all, Bree, welcome to Barbecue Nation. Thank you so much for having me on. I know that's kind of a long-winded introduction, but I think <laughs> I think it's important. Um, so, first of all, let's tell everybody who Elda was. Okay, so Elda was one of my favorite people in the entire world. Elda was my nanny. Uh, nanny is grandmother in Italian. And she, oh, I'm sorry about that. Uh, and she was just an amazing cook, you know, helped me gain my love of being in the kitchen and cooking meals for my family and a little bit of that 1950s kitchen culture because she always had an open door policy. My grandfather would come home after refereeing soccer games with his friends and, uh, you know, magically she had enough food to feed whoever he brought home. <laughs> right. So she was just an amazing cook in the kitchen. Was that, ki in the kitchen. Was that kitchen always warm? I don't mean hot. But I mean, was it always warm? Because I remember uh, doing that as a child, walking into particularly one of my grandmothers. The other grandmother couldn't cook worth beans, but the one, her kitchen was always warm and you could walk in there and something always smelled delicious. Absolutely. Yeah, she was, uh, you know, I remember I spent a lot of time there growing up, same the night. And I remember her, she'd get up, she'd eat her breakfast every morning with a cup of coffee and two slices of toast. And from there, after she uh, had her best friend and lifelong neighbor over for a cup of coffee, she would go into that kitchen and start cooking. And uh, she'd make everything from pasta sauces, meatballs were always my favorite, and she'd be, you know, just 
make all of these cakes just in a row. It was it was amazing. But yeah, the kitchen was always warm and, you know, I found that very welcoming. I bet, you know, my grandma, <clears throat> they had a farm, a large farm. And uh, this was before I was born, but they used to have guys come in and help them harvest. And, and depending on the time of year, cause they did it two or three times a year, they were basically grass farmers but they also did fruits and things like that. But my grandma would cook them four meals a day. And starting at like five o'clock in the morning, they would come in and this was a crew. This could be up to 20 people. And she would cook breakfast for all these guys. And then she had sweet rolls on top of it that they could fill up their coffee cup or their thermos or whatever they had. And they would, have a warm sweet roll with them, like a cinnamon roll or something, sticky bun, take that out there. They came back at uh, about 1130 or noon, did the same thing. They had a mid-afternoon type, I don't know, you want to call it a tea or something, but they probably wouldn't have called it that. And then they, she fed them dinner and then they went home, you know, and, and I was just always amazed at the stories of her cooking for all those people. And she would do this all the time. And it was, it was crazy. It was, I mean, we, we work now, Bree, as you know, and I'm sure you do this. You work very hard at one or two dishes in our kitchen, yeah. you know, and these guys are feeding 20 people or more <laughs> every day. It's, it's nuts. Anyway. Okay. So we know who Elda is. Yeah. As she gave you the interest in, in food and cooking and making sauces and different things, how does that. Uh, transition into Elda's Kitchen now. Elda is Elda's Kitchen is the name of the company that ma that Bree's with that uh, makes these great sauces. Yeah, so with Elda's Kitchen, it was my father Aldo and myself that co-founded Elda's Kitchen. And you know, looking at these sauces, you see. Elda's Kitchen cooking and grilling sauces, right? Mm -hmm. Well, I took a look at that and I was like, this is. Uh, you know, this is a test for me to take these and not just using them as, you know, a cooking sauce or, you know, to marinate a tri-tip sure. and put it on the grill. I took that as a challenge and I was like, we are going to come up with some amazing recipes that take our versatile flavor profiles and layer them, add things. Uh, one of my favorite things that I am trying not to make during the summer because it's more of a fall and winter dish <laughs> is a chicken pot pie where I took our garlic and herb cooking and grilling sauce and put it into the pie crust. Whoa. <clears throat> and That's pretty good. Yeah. I, I like that. Thank you. Yeah, it's just, it's all about... Just getting into the kitchen and experimenting and have all of my experiments turned out, no. <laughs> but for the most part, they turn out pretty good, including a peach habanero cheesecake that I made. Yeah, you're just making me hungry. That's not fair. <laughs> That's really not fair. You know, you're... That's my job. <laughs> you're 800 miles away from me. And so that's <laughs> that's not very fair. But... So when you start working on these, if well, first let's take the sauces and then we'll go to the recipes because we got plenty of time. But when you're working on these sauces 
and and you guys are known for what you call small batches. You're not a big production line like somebody, you know, hunts tomato ketchup or something like that. It it's it's much different. It's much smaller. How do you develop a sauce? I want to hear your story on how you do that. So I am going to tell you from uh, one of my babies, as I call it, one of my sauces is the peach habanero. So a lot of these sauces have just been, you know, throughout the years that we've done, but I was in my kitchen and I would take peach preserves and add in habanero peppers, you know, a little more spice because I like things hot. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, why am why am I keeping this to myself? So we have Brooks Bottling in upstate New York. Uh, it's a family-owned company. We have them produce all of our sauces. So they have a gentleman there who does a wonderful job. We'll send him an idea and be like, okay, hey, uh, we're looking for a peach habanero, for example. And he'll send us samples until we're like, this is perfect. So it's just kind of thinking of an idea and making it a reality. And we couldn't do any of this without bricks bottling. Yeah. I, I I was in the spice business for a while, and I understand um, what you create in your kitchen and the numbers, the weights, the measurements, different things that you send off to um, the bottling and fulfillment place. Sometimes those aren't exactly the same because they can't make it the same way, you know, but they get it pretty close. I know that. It's been. Absolutely. It, it's been my experience with that. So <clears throat> when you do send them, or you say, we want a peach habanero, you say, this is what I've done so far with it, and we want to go down this road. Well, you know, for me, and I'm very much like Elda, and I actually had a family member call me last night asking for a recipe, and I'm like, honestly, I don't know, because I don't measure anything. It's a little <laughs> bit of this, a little bit of that, just like Elda did. Oh, it needs a little more salt. We'll just sprinkle some in there, a little more garlic. Um, so I am trying to learn to measure, but it's more just, hey, I mix this and this. Um, I have no idea the measurements. <laughs> Right. Can you help me out? Yeah, I'm I'm guilty of that also. I mean, people come and they, you fix something and like, how did you make that? Uh, well, I you know I took some eggs and I took some salt and I took some pepper and a little half and half and you know some chili powder or whatever it is and I yeah like I just look at recipes like they're guidelines. You know, and and I know you can't do that a lot with baking because baking's more of a chemistry and a science. But when you're cooking anything else, you're not baking. But if you're making sauces or main dishes or whatever, I I tend to just use it as guidelines. How about you? That is exactly what I do. I have um, two bookshelves of recipe books. I call them my research and I literally just <laughs> read through them and like, oh, okay, I, I like the concept of that recipe, but I'm going to take it and not follow the recipe at all. Right. <laughs> and do my own thing. Yeah, that happens. <laughs> Believe me, that happens. We're talking with Bree Blackford from Eldest Kitchen uh, Sauces. And um, it's kind of interesting, the, the progression and the actual way things get done, um, not like a lot like you would think. Because I think when people think of sauces, they tend to think big commercial things. 
you know, sweet baby rays or the craft sauces or what have you. But a lot of these sauces, the really good ones come from people like Brie who put a little love and care and a little family knowledge in it. So I think that's really the case. We are going to take a quick break. We're going to be back more with Bree Blackford from Eld's, Eldest Kitchen. Excuse me, I can't talk today. Um, so you get a few extra seconds of Bill Collins here as we go after break. And we'll be back here on the Barbecue Nation Radio Network right after this. Hey everybody, it's JT, and this is a special version of Barbecue Nation. It is brought to you in part by Painted Hills Natural Beef. Beef you can be proud to serve your family and friends. That's Painted Hills Natural Beef. Welcome back to Barbecue Nation. I'm JT, and today we're talking with Bree Blackford from Gilroy, California, of all places. My goodness, I've been to Gilroy, like we said, and Bree is one of the uh, are you a partner? I am the co-founder of Elvis. Uh, it's okay. me and my dad. <laughs> okay. It's a family business, put it that way, of Eldest Kitchen, and they make uh, wonderful sauces. And um, so when you're making a sauce, it's one thing to create a sauce, but then it's also another thing to be able to say, you know what, this works really well on on ribs or chicken or some sort of grilled vegetable or whatever. How, how is your process work with that when you're experimenting? Cause we all experiment. Exactly. So I love to experiment in the kitchen and it really is just, um, I happen to be very fortunate. My father Aldo is an old school butcher. Um, when I was little, he was a butcher and my husband is currently a butcher. So they kind of helped me out with the meat and the flavor profiles there where they're like, I'm like, hey, this would be good on ribs. And they're like, no, actually, you should put it on, um, you know, this, Something this else, yeah. uh, particular cut of pork or beef or whatever. So it really is just tasting it, tasting the sauces, imagining in your head, you know, this would be good on this, like. You know, what are some of the off-the-wall things that I've made? Well, chili's not off-the-wall, but Arcea's Steakhouse, for example, makes a delicious pale ale chili. Mm. And, yeah, it's just, it's a lot of getting in the kitchen, a lot of trial and error, and... <laughs> so how do you know, Brie, when you've got a winner? You know what? I know when I have a winner when my kids will eat it. <laughs> <laughs> you know? They're, they range from 9 to 16, and if they will eat it, I know that it's good, and I know that it is website-worthy. Like, they happen to really like, I like to take the canned biscuits or the canned crescent rolls sure. and do roll-ups with those because they're super easy. I can make a huge batch at a time, freeze some, put some in the fridge, and usually they don't last more than, you know, three, four days. <laughs> right. I'll tell you a quick story about that. I was doing a TV shoot in Portland on the 4th of July. They had a parade. Every every television station in Portland, uh, there's four of them, <clears throat> had their own show, their own parade, except the one that I was affiliated with. Okay. So they got one. They got one. 
and they they gave me about three days notice to said, hey, we're going to do the parade. We want you on Broadway and 6th, and you got to be there at 8 o'clock in the morning, set up with your grills. And, and I was right in the middle of the street, which is fine. But when you said you like to use the canned biscuits like that and do the, you know, the roll-ups, like, you know, you could do wiener wraps or put chicken. You can do whatever you want with them. So I had a, <clears throat> I had a bunch of homeless guys. Of course, when you fired up the grill, it smelled, you know, it smelled good. And so these guys were coming around, bugging me. So I made them a deal. I said, if you do not interrupt me till the show is over with, and you sit there like good guys, I will feed you. I promise when we're done. Those guys became like my bodyguards. Even some of the tech guys were coming and they don't bother him. Don't, no, no. You know, like I said, well, we got to put a microphone on him. And they'd look at me and they'd say, is that okay? Yep, that's okay. And so they'd put the mic on me, you know, like this before we were starting to shoot live. But it was really funny. But that's what I, that's, I was grilling little uh, smokies or something and then made the little roll-ups with the uh, crescent rolls. And um, that just, that was kind of a fun day. And I fed them when we were done and they all kind of came by and shook my hand and left and never saw them again. But it was kind of a fun thing to do. If you've got, yeah, well, if you've got family that you can experiment on and they really don't realize at first that they're being experimented on. I think it works really well. You know, that can be like guinea pigs for your recipe. Um, my wife's exactly. not, shy. yeah, my wife's not shy about telling me things that she does not like, you know, if, if it's something she likes or it's okay, she'll say, yeah, that's pretty good. I like this. We can do this again. If there's something she doesn't like, you just see it on the plate when you take it back to the counter in the kitchen. So, you know, yeah. it's, it's one of those deals. How do you decide, um, okay, you've got a recipe, you've, you've got a sauce, you've got this. How do you decide the recommendations? I know you get input from your husband. I know you get input from your father. You probably get input from your kids. But if you're making the final decision, how? what's your process there? So, you know, what my process is there is just I take – the sauces and you know like I said I'm so into experimenting I love it um, so it's just adding until it gets right now I am one of those where I try to use everything in the fridge I don't like anything to go to waste so a lot of my recipes are like hey we had chicken we roasted a chicken two nights ago and I still have a bunch of chicken left over Let's make that into some hatch green chili enchiladas or a casserole or, you know, um, a chicken salad using our Korean sesame. It's all just for me. It's just by taste. And I don't measure. I'm very I'm trying very hard <laughs> to start to use those measuring cups and spoons that I have so many of. Um, but it really is just taste and love and look. And I go by smell. <laughs> yeah. Smell and taste are your biggest assets when you're working with food, I think. I mean, truly, you know, you, you can start to create stuff. Like you said, you're going to make a, a casserole out of, you know, you've got some chili rianos or whatever left over. You're going to create something out of it instead of just throwing it in the garbage. And I think it's, uh, you know, there's a, there's a big gray area in between, Brie, at least with me. I know there's some that are complete disasters 
There's some that are really home runs, but there's kind of this gray area in between that they're okay. And depending on who your guests are, they'd probably eat it. Do you find that true? Exactly. No, very, very true. Um, I'm trying to remember what I was making the other day. And it was like, it wasn't bad, but it wasn't one of those, oh my goodness, I'm going to post all over Facebook and Instagram and tell everyone about this recipe. But it wasn't bad. It was good. It was something that I would probably make again. Uh, We are talking with Brie Blackford from Elvis Kitchen, and we're going to take a break here on Barbecue Nation. We're going to be back in just a few. Please stay with us. If you're enjoying GT and his show, come check out my podcast, Around the House with Eric G, where we talk home improvement and design right here where you catch this podcast. Head to aroundthehouseonline.com. Welcome back to Barbecue Nation. I am JT. No kidding. Uh, you've heard that for quite a while. Uh, I'd like to thank the folks at Painted Hills Natural Beef. Beef the way nature intended. And beef you can be tr- proud to serve your family and friends. That's Painted Hills Natural Beef. And also Gunter Wilhelm Knives. Unmatched quality and performance in your kitchen. Check them out online at GunterWilhelm.com. Uh, we're talking with um, Bree Blackford from Eldest Kitchen. Okay, this is a barbecue show, so we got to talk some barbecue in here. It's mandatory. It says so in the rule book. Um, when you're grilling, I mean, you've got to be grilling at home. You live in Gilroy. You're in the garlic capital, and you've got to be doing some grilling around there. When you're working on your sauces and, of course, with your husband and your father prompting you to what particular cuts of meat, how do you decide what to recommend what sauce for? So, you know, we really just, and it's so funny because I'm like, oh, I just, you know, we just know like what's going to work best on which, sure. but really it comes back down to that experimenting. But we know that if you put the steakhouse on a tray tip, you're going to have to marinate it overnight at least. Um, but we know that that tri tip is going to be fantastic. We know that the garlic and herb, uh, you know, if you marinate your chicken once again overnight in garlic and herb, that that's going to be a winner. But at the end, you want to squeeze a little bit of lemon on that chicken. That's just my personal preference. I think it just takes it to that next level. Um, so it's just kind of one of those hit or miss. We know that the spiky sauce is wonderful on ribs. And yeah, they all really work well on everything. Mm-hmm. Uh, with grilling, I tend to do a lot of burgers because that's what I get requests for. Sure. So one of my favorite burgers is our Theo Steakhouse Burger. So we take an 80-20 ground meat, or sometimes I'll call up my husband and be like, okay, I want you to make me one that's maybe 75-25. I like that extra fat in the burger. I just think it tastes better. Um, So we will take our Theo's burgers, put in the Theo's Steakhouse. Once again, not measuring. (laughs) And then we add in some um, cheddar cheese, some freshly cooked bacon that we've crumbled up, 
and some diced onions in there to make the patties. And that burger is also winner. I'm also kicking off Burger Month next Wednesday on my Facebook Live. Oh, there you so go. So every week, uh, starting from this last Wednesday in June through July, it will be a different type of burger using a different protein each time and actually making a plant-based burger as well. Oh. Uh, I just love to grill. We got... Uh, my dad gifted my husband and I with this torch to light the barbecue because we have an Oklahoma Joe that right. is the smoker, you know, the charcoal and the gas grill. And this torch is amazing. So I love, <laughs> I love to light it. It's a fight between my husband and I. Who gets to use the torch to light the grill? Is that the grill gun? Usually he gives it. Yeah, it's great. Yeah, I have one of those. It's a great toy. It also burns weeds. Uh, if you happen oh. to have weeds around your sidewalk or something, it works really well to crisp them right out of the ground. Not what it was designed oh. for, but it does work. All right. I'm going to try that. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I, I do that. Well, you know, in, in when you're doing big shows, cooking shows and stuff, and in Hollywood, one of the things they do, if, if you have big square um, pits, grilling pits and stuff, and it's getting time to um, to shoot, but your coals aren't done. They just bring in a, a big propane weed burner torch and just, and then they, they get them to right where they want them. So you do burn up a lot of charcoal that way, but it lo always looks good on camera. Yeah. Just thought you'd want to know, just thought you'd want to know that just for, yeah. what, for whatever reason. Um, so, you know, when we're talking about grilling and you're talking about sauces, one of the biggest things about, sauces is and it's i think it's been pretty well hammered into especially experienced people but we've got such a huge amount of new people coming into the barbecue and grilling scene weekend warriors you know the patio patrol that type of stuff how do you convince them not to sauce too soon because it just burns yeah. off yeah, you know, it really is like, it's a learning process with grilling help, as I have found out myself. Um, so you want to make sure to, uh, at least for us, our bottles are the one in your done sizes. They are made that size so that you don't have a ton of Elvis Kitchen bottles in your fridge, right? So grab an extra bottle. You definitely want to, if you like things saucy. Now, some people do, some people don't, but take that sauce at the end, like right before, well, and I'll go back to the tri-tip, uh, right before you're about to take that tri-tip off and brush it on so that you do get a nice layer mm -hmm. of Theo's Steakhouse at the end so the flavor is infused and on the outside as well. Yeah, make it a little shiny, make it pretty. Uh, yeah. That way you you don't get upset when you take it off the grill and put it on the platter. If you happen to have a knife handy and you just happen to cut the end of that tip off and just just check your work. You know, you got to check your work when you're doing that. Exactly. And you always have to take pictures for all of the social media. I find I have more pictures of food than anything else on my camera roll. Oh, absolutely. <laughs> now, are you doing live Facebook stuff every week or every two weeks? I mean, I know you got stuff coming up we talked about, but are you doing a lot of interactive stuff on Facebook? 
Yeah, so every week I go live uh, Wednesday at 5.30 California time. Um, I go live on both Facebook and Instagram, both on Elda's Kitchen. And that's where you'll see me take our cooking and grilling sauces and not use them in a typical way that one would think of a cooking and grilling sauce. Well, I mean, your, your sauces are not exactly typical. The ones I tried were very good, <clears throat> but the one thing is the the like the habanero and stuff. It wasn't so hot that you didn't taste the rest of the sauce or you didn't taste the meat. I that's what I liked about them because I know you know it's very easy to make something that whether it's a rub or a sauce or a salsa or whatever you're making, you just make it so damn hot that people can't. Average people, if they don't like spicy or hot food, they won't eat it but I noticed that yours was warm enough <clears throat> and um guess I should have taken my allergy pill this morning, Bree. but uh, you know, they worked out and they, they still had flavor to them. It wasn't just the rip your lips off deal. Well, thank you so much. I'm glad that you enjoyed our sauces. Yeah. You know, we do, we do like that little bit of heat in some of our sauces, but we do know that not everyone can take things crazy hot. So that's where, like, you know, our peach habanero, if it's not hot enough for you, you can kick it up on your own. Um, so, you know, we do like to get that nice base sauce, but also if it's not quite to your liking with heat especially, there is that option to just make it spicier. And I got to tell you that in my kitchen, a lot of them do get made spicier because all of us in this house love it hot. Want to hear another story? Sure. When I was a kid, my mom always made dill pickles. And she made great dill pickles. And one summer, my dad had got injured, so he was home for this summer. And the process was the jars were cleaned. There were pieces of dill, and pieces of garlic in there, and some salt and whatever else. But there was always one little red pepper, one of those little dried red peppers in there. That's what mom did, just one. And they were great. Well, my dad came by, didn't see them because they were under the dill. He put one more in there. Then they stuffed all the, he helped her and they stuffed all the cucumbers in there and they, you know, boiled them and put the brine in and all that stuff that they do. And they look great, man. And then about a month later, when we decided it was okay to try one, those suckers were so hot. Because of both of those peppers in that little jar, man, it was, it was tough. It was tough. I think it took us like four years to eat all those pickles. <laughs> so. Oh my goodness. I love that story. Yeah. <laughs> I can <laughs> see that happening in multiple households. <laughs> oh yeah. And my dad was not a cook. I mean, my dad couldn't boil water without burning it, but, um, he was going to help and he helped and nobody ever forgot it. And I don't think anybody ever let him forget it. So it was pretty good. What uh, we got just about a minute and a half before we got to go to break here, uh, Bree. What's your favorite thing to grill? So you know what, and I have to I have to go back to hamburgers. Hamburgers are my favorite, and that's because um, it is such a it's such a crowd pleaser. I love to do a big popping bar too, and let everyone get creative with that. Sure. Um, 
But, you know, we do everything on there. Ribs are great. Um, so it's kind of like, it's asking, it's like asking me what my favorite sauce is. My favorite sauce is what I'm using that day. So my favorite <laughs> thing to grill is what I'm grilling right then. Now, I do have to tell you that I have never smoked a brisket. And that is on my, like, bucket list to do this summer. Sure. So that's on my summer bucket list. And my husband's like, you're crazy. It's like all day. And uh, I love my sleep. So <laughs> he's like, you're going to have fun with this one. And I'm like, yeah, I am. So I actually think 4th of July will be my brisket day. <laughs> well, yeah. And you know what they cook more on 4th of July? I mean, I know they cook a lot of hot dogs and they cook a ton of hamburgers and all that. Ribs. They cook more pork ribs on Fourth of July than they do any other day of the year, so just thro um, throwing that out there for you. Yeah, and maybe maybe it'll be ribs. Well, we'll give it a try. We're going to take a break here on Barbecue Nation on the Sun Radio Networks, and be back with uh, Bree Blackford from Eldest Kitchen right after this. Hey everybody, it's JT, and this is a special version of Barbecue Nation. It is brought to you in part by Painted Hills Natural Beef. Beef you can be proud to serve your family and friends. That's Painted Hills Natural Beef. Welcome back to Barbecue Nation here on the Sun Radio Network. I'm your host, JT like to thank all of our affiliates up and down the line. And folks, I want you all to have a great 4th of July weekend. Um, I really do. I sincerely mean that. I hope you get a chance to grill or smoke or barbecue, um, get some time with family and friends and have some fun. It's, uh, I think it's good for the soul. That's my deal right there. So y'all can say what you want, but that's my deal. We're talking with Bree Blackford from Eldest Kitchen here. We were talking a little inside barbecue off the air and so we won't won't get into that but uh brie's gonna have a challenge on her hands when she does that brisket i was giving her some tips there and so i want to report back my dear after you've done that i want to see how it turns out for you absolutely i will send you pictures and everything okay we'll post <laughs> them they're good or bad <laughs> we'll post them on all the social media stuff that we've got so which is extensive evidently so we can do that <laughs> Um, how do your kids feel about this? I mean, I know they love it. All kids love it when mom cooks for them and makes stuff that they like. Do they ever step up and say, Hey mom, let's do this. Or mom, let's try this. Are they, are they giving you input like that? They do. They are so sweet. And I actually wish that my children were able to cook in the kitchen with Elda like I was. Um, so I try to kind of recreate that for them. But yeah, they're very creative just in general. So they'll give me ideas. Now, one thing is when they taste something they like, mm -hmm. they will ask for it every day as soon as those leftovers are done. And I'm like, you guys, like we have to try new things. Uh, my son is still super young. Well, I'm nine years old and he's the baby. Um, even though he's nine, he will actually go on my lives with me and help me cook every once in a while. And he has some great ideas. That's kind of cool. That's kind of cool. My, my daughter has actually turned into a very, very good baker. She was always around food and the catering gigs and different things we did. And she was usually on the team helping, but 
she's older now. She's in her late twenties and she is uh, doing custom baking and stuff for people. I think it's, I think it's great. And I'm really happy that she's kind of gotten into it. So good for you of keeping your son engaged uh, in what you're doing in the kitchen. I think that's really important. It definitely is. I, you know, I love the 1950s kitchen culture where, you know, dinner was served if everyone sat around the table, your phones weren't to your right or your left. Right. And, you know, everyone enjoyed each other's company over a good meal. So I really do try to bring that back into my household. Well, and it's good for kids to know that dinner doesn't come from the drive through all the time and in little takeout cartons. Although I'm guilty of that a lot anymore these days, especially since COVID, but a lot of takeout, I'm afraid. But I think it's important to let, you know, let the younger kids see the process, be engaged in it and let them participate. So they get an idea of one, how to cook and two, what to cook, but also three, when they go to the grocery store, they don't just see all these products that just magically appear. They've got a feeling for where they come from and, you know, how they're processed and, you know, how to use them. Exactly. I love it. I have to tell you, uh, it's so easy, right? You just, you order it, you bring it on the table. But we do love our takeout, but I am trying to cook more at home. And I think that uh, you had mentioned COVID. I think it COVID kind of helped, you know, helped at least us start to cook more at home. I was already cooking a lot, but it kind of just reinforced the, hey, dinner's at home and we're going to be creative and we're going to try to recreate those takeout meals, except for our favorite pizza place here in Gilroy. Oh, well, yeah. I mean, that's pizza's legal. I mean, it's yeah. <laughs> kind of in a category all its own. So, you know, pizza's legal and, uh, but anything else, but I guess Chinese food is legal too, because I, or, you know, whether it's actual Chinese or Thai or Korean or whatever, I think that's legal too. That's, yeah. you know, that's a social economic thing with the food for me. You're getting to learn about other parts of the world. And so you may not go there, but at least you know what they eat. I think that's important. Exactly. And it's not all orange chicken with sesame seeds dumped on it. <laughs> <laughs> nope. <laughs> no, like that. What does your husband like to grill, Bree? Does he help you when the grilling tips and stuff? He does. So, um, you know, being a butcher and they still cut where he is, so it's not all the tray packs. Um, being a butcher, he'll come home and he'll be like, you know, this is, and I can't even remember the pieces of meat that he's bringing home, but he's like, this is something that we would take and grind. But the flavor is so phenomenal on it that I, you know, right. I brought it home for us to, to eat because I think you'll really like it. So he really likes that. He loves to do ribs on the grill, a whole chicken. Mm -hmm. Um, that's like one of the favorites. He's like, Hey, I'm going to grill a chicken. In fact, uh, last night he took a chicken out of the freezer that he is probably going to grill up this evening for dinner. And then I'll get the other side of the grill. There you go. <laughs> and probably do some burgers for the kids and I. There you go. Well, that works, you know, unless she spatchcocks cocks that uh, chicken and then it'll, it'll hog most of the, of the grill grate. I mean, I'm just saying, exactly. you just got to be careful of that. 
there are barbecue <laughs> hogs out there when you're working with them. Exactly. We're actually thinking about grabbing another grill. So it's like his and her grill. <laughs> That's a good idea. Yeah. That's a really good idea. Have his and hers. And then there's no conflict, supposedly. Exactly. <laughs> well, yeah, I'm good luck with that. <laughs> as far as the no conflict about, I mean, in a fun way, it's in a fun way. No, nothing serious. Yeah. Yeah. No, it, it's all good. So you you were talking about cooking a brisket was on your bucket list. What else is on your uh, food bucket list for uh, so, Bree Blackford? You know, I am trying to do more dessert um, because, so years ago, we did have a Thai peanut cooking and grilling sauce, and it was fantastic. And I actually took it and made peanut butter cookies um, that were great because, you know, they had that strong peanut taste like a good peanut butter cookie should have but they also have that kick um you know for the spice sure the ones that like the spice over here um but there's just so many things so right now i have been into collecting vintage cookbooks from the 1920s through the 1950s and so i am looking through those cookbooks and trying to get ideas of you know older recipes um to make so to say what's on my bucket list right now it's just that brisket because i think that that is going to be like the hardest thing i can do free blackford from Elvis kitchen uh really quick what's your websites and and uh, social media pages sure our website is com, and you can find us on facebook and instagram we're going to get out of here i hope you all have a great fourth of july and we'll be back next week with another edition of Barbecue Nation. Till then, two things. Take care, everybody. And remember our motto, turn it, don't burn it. Barbecue Nation is produced by JTSD LLC Productions in association with Envision Networks and Salem Media Group. All rights reserved.